Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's podcast of The Worship Life. I'm Chrissy Hutchings at ChrissyHutchings.com. I want to thank you so much for tuning in this week, where we are continuing our discussion from last week's podcast on why so many of us just can't seem to realize our value in God, and our relationships and lives are in absolute turmoil because of it. If this is your life, I want you to stay tuned in today because you may get some of your questions answered and really begin to awaken to your value in Christ. So pull up a seat and join me today as we live the worship life. everybody and welcome into September. We're full-fledged into September. This is the beginning of the second week uh, in September. I cannot believe we are this close to fall, which is my favorite season of the year. I can't wait till we get there, till our temperatures cool off. If you're outside today working, be careful. Make sure you drink plenty of water and try to stay as cool as possible. If you're on this side of the world, which is in the Carolinas, It has been scorching and the humidity has been, you know, you can wring your shirt out at the end of the day. Um, But I want to welcome you on this Friday uh, afternoon to the podcast where uh, we mentioned in the intro today that we're going to continue our discussion because I really feel like in a lot of the things that we started last week, I don't want to leave you hanging um, because um, this is a really important subject and what I believe and I've found in my life to be really foundational to everything else. And just to give you a little recap, um, we were talking about, you know, settling the not enough taunt that we hear in our head from the enemy. Not good enough, pretty enough, skinny enough, um, you know, uh, uh, smart enough, rich enough, whatever your enough is, you just fill in the blank. And we hear that taunt all the time. And we discovered in Romans 5 that surely enough, we are not enough. Paul said in verse 6 of Romans 5, when we were still without strength, when we were not enough, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Ungodly means that's us. And if you're ungodly, you don't have enough of anything. <laughs> and so I really think for me, and I believe it's it's a real good foundational place to start. We need to really just kind of settle that right now that no, you are not enough. And let that kind of sink in. I think that as I mentioned last week, that when we settle into that and accept that for ourselves, All those not enough statements, they begin to lose their power over us and their power to drive us and their power to to own us and move our lives into directions that really are quite destructive. And if you've been in that place in your life, uh, then you know already uh, where that is. And he said, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, while we were not enough. Christ died for us. And then it goes on in verse 10, which is one of my favorite places in the scripture. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And that's where I want to go today. You know, as we realize we're not enough, but in Christ, God has made us enough. How much more now that you've been reconciled while you were an enemy, 
Will you be saved by his life? Saved, that word is just encompasses every area, spirit, body, mind, soul, every area of life, totally restored, totally recognized, or excuse me, reconciled. And that's where we want to get to. That's where the process of sanctification is taking us throughout our whole entire life. So I want to start in a place where I've lived in my life um, feeling not enough and learning from the Lord that, uh, yeah, I'm not enough without him, but with him, I am more than enough, not because of me, but because of him who lives in me. And I want to set the, the, the tone this morning or this afternoon, uh, with a couple of scriptures that, um, speak to the fact that Christ is in us now. And I don't know about you, but a lot of my life has been lived facing things and facing obstacles without the true realization that I'm facing them with God and with Christ in me. The mistake that I've made most of the time is not seeing my life in his hands. When I face things, I can't fathom that Christ is facing them with me and in me. And so much, so many times without even realizing it, I will look at a situation and feel like it's just towering over me and there's no way I can overcome it. And with even all the years that I've sat up under a just awesome pastor, preaching the word of God, preaching the truth of God, there's so many times when I forget in those instances that I am not facing these things alone. And one of those scriptures is found in 1 John 4, 4. He says, you are of God, little children, talking to us, and have overcome them. Overcome who? Overcome the enemy. Overcome all those who rise up against you. Because he who is in you, he capitalized, meaning Christ, is greater than he who is in the world. And one of the other scriptures that really have been just life altering for me is in Isaiah 41, 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I can't tell you with how all the things that I've been through in the last five years with a lot of physical issues that have been just pounding my body and really impacting my mind as well, where I have clung to the scripture. When I feel afraid, I cling to this scripture. When I feel overpowered by circumstances in my life, I cling to this scripture and I'm reminded that God says, I am with you. Another scripture that goes along with this is in uh, Joshua 1, where he says, I will not leave you. Let me tell you personally, uh, in the experience with the things going on with my body, I've had tests, I've had procedures, I've had um, maneuvers that I've had to do in regard to dizziness that are absolutely terrifying because when your world is spinning and everything's spinning around, it's really a very terrifying feeling. I can't even explain it in words. And in those instances, the only 
courage that I can muster is in understanding and knowing that I will not leave you. I won't leave you. I'm here with you. And look, many of you, I know many of you have faced even more dire circumstances than I ever have in my life. And you have had to really understand that God is with you. There is a consolation in going through trials and tribulations. And that consolation is our trust in the Lord begins to be deepened and strengthened to where there are periods of time after you've come out of these places that you think there is nothing that you can't handle <laughs> with Christ because God has already been faithful in those situations. And so I want to encourage you today in this because there is nothing that you cannot face. There is nothing that you cannot handle that is even equal to God. Nothing in this world is even equal to God and he lives in you. And that takes me over to John 14, where Jesus promises the indwelling of his spirit, the spirit of God, the the third person of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Man, if, if we just sit with that for a second and allow that to just permeate our mind, the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit has come to live on the inside of us. Jesus said in John 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Never to leave your side. Verse 17 says the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you, speaking of himself, and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. That is the most uh, beautiful statement I feel like that Jesus ever made. I will not leave you orphans. And so many of us, live our lives feeling like orphans. So many of us who don't realize our value and our worth be, for many, many reasons. Um, some of us have lived in abuse in our past and even currently in our lives. You know, so there might be several of you out there that are in current situations where you are just, you've been pounded in your mind. You've been pounded, maybe some of you in your body. Maybe you're living in a situation right now where the people around you, the relationships that you're in are just totally unhealthy and toxic. And you've lived in those situations for long periods of time and you have just lost sight of who you are and you feel like an orphan. And I can guarantee you that most people in the world, whether you're in Christ or not, whether you believe in God or not, feel like orphans, feel like we've been left, feel like we've been trampled on, feel like we've been abused and used. And like our pastor says in many, many occasions, thrown out like a paper plate. And if that's you today, then you probably don't have great, great feelings about your self-worth and don't even recognize your value. Look, let me just comfort you right here. You're not alone. I've been there. I still go there from time to time. I'm actually right now in my life, and I'm 57 years old, just now discovering 
a lot of my value and worth. So don't feel like an orphan. Know that you're not alone and that there are other people walking this journey with you. And I'm one of those people. But Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I mean, you know, look, I'm having a moment here with this scripture because I will not leave you orphans. This world is full of sin and brokenness. And we live in the midst of it. We can see the brokenness. We can see the devalue of devaluation of, and I don't even know if that's a word, but we can see the, the devaluing of people all over the world. We can see it in the racial tensions that we have in our country. We can see it in, in the political realm and in every realm. There's corruption and abuse and, you know, in the trafficking industry and in the pornography industry and all these industries that use and abuse people for their own benefit. And even those people are without understanding of their value. And the reason is it only comes from one place. We can go through all the counseling and therapy, and I'm not discounting those things because they're all very good. God uses them as tools, but we can have all the knowledge in the whole world. But if we don't have the spirit coming to us saying, you're not an orphan, I will not leave you as an orphan, I will come to you, then we really don't have the fullness of understanding our value and our worth and really comprehending it. And let me tell you from personal experience, when you don't understand your value and your worth, you will allow all kinds of turmoil to come into your life and you will allow it to just rip you apart and, and rob from you every ounce of your personhood that's there. And, you know, I don't want to go to too personal of a place because, you know, I'm still walking a lot of this out myself. And so uh, you know, I want to be careful to to honor people and to um, not kind of project a lot of my own stuff on on you guys out there that are listening. But listen, when we don't understand our value, we will tolerate and put up with things that if we did understand how valuable we were, and I mentioned this in the last podcast about forgiveness, about understanding our value so that we don't put ourselves in positions where people do abuse and use and, and, and harm us in very harmful ways, you know, and, and I've done that. I've absolutely done that. And it's been very difficult for me over the years to really understand and comprehend my value. It's, it's a supernatural awakening, really. It's a supernatural awakening. And so I'm going to pray over you today for those things. And a lot of times when we've allowed ourselves to be in positions that have used us, abused us, um, there's a lot of shame connected to that. And, um, you know, I talk about that a lot in my, uh, blog called the beautiful you project and the devotional that a lot of people receive, um, every week regarding healing from shame where I share my personal journal entries about my healing and continuing to walk in that healing of shame because of abuse and other things. And, you know, we're all filled with shame in this earth. You know, uh, guilt and shame uh, is part of and and really a, a huge foundation of why Jesus came in the first place. When we're filled with sin and shame and guilt, we run from God. 
And we do things even in our religiosity to make God love us because we don't feel lovable. And it's sin, the sin that's committed against us and the sin that we commit against other people and against God that that fills our lives full of guilt and shame. And that's a place where the enemy would love to keep us. And so I'm here to declare to you, and I'd love you to join me. Look, I'm stepping out of that thing. I'm stepping out of that shame and that guilt and that just, it's a task master master that will never free you, that will never speak any good over you. And this is why the Holy Spirit has come to a, Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And I want to go over really quickly to Daniel 5, because um, this is a scripture that God's been ministering to me lately. So much of our lives are spent, even in our Christianity, separated from the thoughts of God, separated from the thought that God is in us and that God walks with us and that God goes before us. God is our front guard, our rear guard. You know, we lack the ability sometimes to live in the absolute realization that God is with us and that God is in us. And in that, in that place, we realize that we're valued. I mean, the God of the universe said, I'm going to go and I'm going to live in those clay vessels. (laughs) I'm going to live in those houses of mud If that does not ascribe worth and value to us, man, I don't know what will. But back in Daniel, King Nebuchadnezzar's son, uh, the next king that was over in uh, Babylon, was um, having a party and all of his wives and concubines were there and they were drinking wine and they were using the vessels from the actual temple in Jerusalem, the silver, the gold, to... um, to drink their wine and have their party. And they were just rebel rousing and they were just having a, a a big party and getting drunk. And they were praising the gods of silver and gold and bronze and iron and wood and stone. And God says to them, you know, the, the, the story about, you know, the writing on the wall, the finger begins to write on the wall and it, and Daniel um, interpreted the writing on the wall and it meant huge judgment for this king. And here's what Daniel said. He says in verse 23, you have lifted yourself up against the God of heaven. You've brought vessels in his house before you and you and your lords, your wives and your concubines have drunk wine from then them. And you've praised the gods of silver and gold, bronze and iron, wood and stone, which you do not see or hear or know. And the God who holds your breath in his hand and owns all your ways, you have not glorified. The God who holds your breath in his hand and owns all your ways. That is a heavy, heavy truth to me. When I read that scripture, I realized how much of my worship I give to the gods of this world of, of, uh, of shame and of 
guilt and of not letting go of my past and of not forgiving myself and not forgiving other people. When I bow my life to the God of fear, how many times have we done that? I can tell you I've done that more times than I really care to say, but we have bowed ourselves to the gods of seeking approval from other people and caring what other people think and and being so starved for love and approval that we sacrifice ourselves on the altar of the gods of this world without realizing that it's God Almighty who holds my very breath in his hand. And he owns all my ways. He owns all my ways. And him in these moments, in these times of my struggle, I have not glorified. And that's not to bring condemnation on us. That's to come to a place of realization of how we have allowed all the gods of this world to to overtake our understanding of ourselves and who God is in our lives. And we've bowed ourselves to them. We've worshipped them. And I realized in my life that I had bowed my knee to the God of guilt and shame, to the God of seeking approval and the fear of man and all these things that we don't even realize are um, holding our lives hostage. And once we realize what they are, then we can begin to embrace our value in God and release some of those things. I, I heard a quote here recently by Maya Angelou, and I'm not sure I'm saying it exactly right, but it goes something like this. We did what we knew. When we know better, we do better. And that's pretty much where we are today. If that's where you are today, look, you can only know what you know, but when you know better, you begin to do better. And in my personal life, in discovering this, that I have bowed my knee to the gods of fear and approval and all these other things, really sacrificing myself and even sometimes people that I love for the approval of other people, people that I've given power to, to determine my value and my worth. And those are all conditioning things that happen to us in our lives when we've experienced trauma, when we've experienced abuse and different things like that. We are conditioned to believe that we don't deserve any better because we don't understand our worth. And that's why we have to begin with God. The understanding of our worth begins in the price that was paid for us. And that is the very life of Jesus Christ himself, his very blood poured out for us. And we talked last time about forgiving other people, but I really want to zero in today on forgiving somebody else. And that's yourself. Forgiving ourselves is about the hardest person to forgive. I don't know about you. Maybe that's not true for you, but man, that sure has been true for me. Because in our forgiveness of people, you can't forgive something that you don't acknowledge. How can you forgive somebody when you don't even realize or haven't even acknowledged the sin that they've sinned against you? How can I forgive myself when I can't even acknowledge what 
I've done wrong. And that's the hard part. When we don't recognize our value, we can't even acknowledge the ways that we've hurt ourselves or allowed other people to hurt us because we needed their love or we felt so um, wounded that we just accepted and took whatever we could get, you know, as far as love and value from other people. And, you know, um, I don't want to talk about those other people. I want to talk about us and how can we come to a realization that we need to forgive ourselves. And I think, you know, somebody said one time, you know, we can't forgive ourselves. Only God can forgive sin. And so maybe it's better termed that we allow and receive the forgiveness of God for us. So if we look at it in that respect, can you say that you've received the forgiveness of God for the sins that you've committed, the ways that you've bowed your heart to the fear of man or the need for approval or whatever it is that you've needed because you've lacked this place of strength in your uh, realization of your own value. And so I want to pray over you today and, and help you just cross over into a place of peace and acceptance and really just the beginning of walking this out. And God is the only one who can help you do that. God is the only one that can help me do that. And he's helping me to do that. And so, you know, like I always do, I want to pass that on to you. So I want to pray with you today before we close. Father, thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. Father, even though we can look back over the years and sometimes not see you in the midst of all the things that we've dealt with, the ways that we have been devalued by circumstances and even other people and even those closest to us and the ones that we love the dearest. But Father, we know that you've been there. We know that as we look back over our life, that every day has been written out for us and that you've gone before us to prepare the way. And so you have gone before us to this day, to this moment. And we embrace what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives right now. And even through this podcast, we embrace what you're doing to help us understand and realize our value in you. And we open our hearts right now to receive the work of the Holy Spirit and what he's doing in our hearts. And Father, we we confess our sin of bowing and worshiping the gods of the approval of man and the fear of man, the gods of fear and and guilt and shame and all these ways that we've bowed our lives to be um, devalued by other people because we didn't know better. But now that we know better, we desire to do better. And the only way that we can do that is if you're leading us and guiding us and directing us. And so we place our lives in your capable hands. Our very breath is in your hands and you own all of our ways, God. And so we acknowledge that right now and we receive your forgiveness over our lives and our hearts. And we ask you, Lord, to open the way and shine the light and give us a brand new path to walk down because we've never walked this way before and we don't know the way, but we know that you are the way. Lord Jesus. And so we thank you for being the way, the truth, and the life, the things that we need to walk in, the way that we need to walk in, the truth and the life. And we give ourselves over and surrender and abandon ourselves to that uh, place, to that way, to that direction right now. And we thank you for it, God. Continue to lead and guide us. Bring healing to these areas of our lives. 
that have been broken in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm really excited about how many of you guys are tuning into the podcast, uh, subscribing and everything. And I love that because it means that you're being impacted by the podcast. And that's what I hope and pray for uh, whenever I do this podcast, asking the Lord to impact your lives, to help you and encourage you and um, really uh, um, bring you some uh, encouragement in your life. Uh, in all the things that you're going through. And that's why I do this. And I want to encourage you to go over to ChrissyHutchings.com and subscribe to the newsletter. Just sent out a song in the newsletter this week. It's not a brand spanking new song, but it's new to you. So you can access that through the newsletter. You can also access that through going to the music menu up on the top of the page at ChrissyHutchings.com. And it's over there at Reverb Nation. Um, Also want to encourage you to um, subscribe to the Beautiful You Project devotional. Uh, We've got several people that are being impacted by that devotional where there's a whole lot more on this subject. Being healed from shame is what that project is all about. So I want to invite you to do that. I want to thank you again for tuning in. Go out and make it a great Friday. Uh, Be careful out there in the heat. Don't uh, don't stay out in it too long. If you can hang out and, and be cool at the house, go ahead and do that. And so go out and make it a great day. We really thank you and appreciate you here at The Worship Life. And we'll see you next time.